The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the first chapter. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, and Judah the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar, and Perez the father of Hezron, and Hezron the father of Ram, and Ram the father of Amminadab, and Amminadab the father of Nashon, and Nashon the father of Salmon, and Salmon the father of Boaz by Rahab, and Boaz the father of Obed by Ruth, and Obed the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of David the king. And David was the father of Solomon by the wife of Uriah, and Solomon the father of Rehoboam, and Rehoboam the father of Abijah, and Abijah the father of Asaph, and Asaph the father of Jehoshaphat, and Jehoshaphat the father of Joram, and Joram the father of Uzziah, and Uzziah the father of Jotham, and Jotham the father of Ahaz, and Ahaz the father of Hezekiah, and Hezekiah the father of Manasseh, and Manasseh the father of Amos, and Amos the father of Josiah, and Josiah the father of Jeconiah and his brothers, at the time of the deportation to Babylon. And after the deportation to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Shealtiel, and Shealtiel the father of Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel the father of Abiud, and Abiud the father of Eliakim, and Eliakim the father of Azor, and Azor the father of Zadok, and Zadok the father of Akim, and Akim the father of Eliud, and Eliud the father of Eleazar, and Eleazar the father of Mathan, and Mathan the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called the Christ. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. So what is up with celebrating the Nativity of the Blessed Virgin Mary? Is this even a thing? Well, it is. The Nativity of the Blessed Virgin Mary is part of the five traditional Marian feasts. The five being the Annunciation, the Presentation, the Visitation, Dormition, and the Nativity. Now, the Nativity, that's Mary's birthday, was widely celebrated throughout the beginning of the Reformation. But over time, and in certain places, it was stopped celebrated, but never completely. Eventually, in many places, the five feasts went down just to three, which are actually in our hymnal. But even in the early 20th century, in a Bible printed by the Concordia, Concordia Publishing House, the Nativity of the Blessed Virgin Mary was listed in the Days of Commemoration. Now, for those who don't know what Concordia Publishing House is, that is the publishing house of the Lutheran Church Missouri Senate. That's the denomination that St. John belongs to. Now, we celebrate the Nativity of the Blessed Virgin Mary. We celebrate St. Mary's birthday because Jesus is never alone. 
From the beginning of the Reformation, Lutherans have confessed that our salvation is in Christ alone, while maintaining that Jesus is never alone. Matthew 1, 1 1-16 reminds us that the story of Jesus began way before his birthday, before Christmas. Matthew's genealogy started with Abraham. Luke's genealogy, in the Gospel of Luke, goes all the way back to Adam. In either case, Jesus' story isn't about him alone. But his story always includes someone else. Each of the people in the genealogy comes from somewhere and from someone. And whether they knew it or not, I'm pretty sure no no one knew that, their story wasn't about them, but was instead caught up in the story of God's salvation. It was part of Jesus' story. The entire Old Testament is filled with examples of real lives that just started out like everyone else's, including yours. But by God's grace, we're enveloped by Jesus' story. Abraham was chosen by God, not based on any merit of himself. Rahab, she was a prostitute but was saved by God. And King David, he was just a small shepherd boy until God made a promise to make him king. Their lives were not meant for them alone, but they were meant to tell God's salvation. Lest we think anyone in that list that was read merited their place in it, We need to know that there are those in in, in that list, those names, we don't know anything about them. In fact, we don't even know how to pronounce their names. (laughs) They're nobodies. But even a nobody does not exclude you from being part of God's story of salvation. God did not want to tell his story without them. All of them were signs of God's grace, culminating in Mary, the last one before Christ. Her story is the definitive example that our salvation is in Christ alone, but he is never alone. In 1521, Luther wrote that Mary should be, and herself gladly would be, the foremost example of God's grace. In Luke 1, God's word says that all generations will call Mary blessed. Not because of her merit, but because of God's great grace. God's grace gives Mary a very distinctive place in salvation history. She's the mother of God. Which means there's no telling the story of Jesus without Mary. There's no confessing who Jesus is without Mary. But she has another special place, too. She is the ultimate model of faith in Christ. 
Responding to the announcement that she will be the mother of God, Mary says, let it be to me according to your word. That sort of faith only comes from God as a gift. But God's word gives us her example to strengthen our faith. Because we need someone. We need someone just like us to show us that our lives are not ours alone, but have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Mary does not consider her place in the salvation history to be hers alone, to be of something of her alone. But it's based on Christ alone. Becoming the mother of God is an amazing thing. I mean, it is something that is beyond belief, even. But she shows us that it's best not to deny such an amazing thing. It's best to say yes and receive it. Now, none of us are going to be the mother of God. But we are just like Mary, and that God wants us in the salvation story. It's an amazing thing to be included in the salvation story. It is almost beyond belief that God would want you to be in his story. But let's follow Mary and not deny it, but receive it. Receive that Jesus does not want to tell his story without you in it. Mary's birthday shows us that Jesus will not tell his story without you. You were meant to be included in the salvation story. In fact, we could faithfully add to Matthew 1, verse 16, we could add this phrase, who saved me, a poor, miserable sinner. We added that phrase, verse 16 would read, of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called the Christ, who saved me, a poor, miserable sinner. Like Mary, you too have a birthday. And I'm sure you celebrate it. But is your birthday about you alone and your merit? Or is it a sign of God's grace? Is your life about you alone, or is it about Christ? For the baptized... We confess Jesus is never alone because he joined himself to us. The baptized proclaim that our life is not our own because our lives have been bought by the blood of Jesus. So the question is, will your nativity follow Mary's and be caught up in Jesus' story? Luther, in 1522, in the last recorded sermon that he preached on this feast day, on the nativity of the Blessed Virgin Mary, he preached, Therefore, honor the Mother of God in such a way that you do not stay with her, but come to God and set your heart on him alone. See, St. Mary confessed her life was not hers alone, but belonged to Christ. Because he alone saved me. She desires, as I hope all of us do, 
that our stories would always conclude with Christ, with Jesus. And if anyone would know our story, that they would know the grace of God in it. And I hope also with Mary that we desire that Jesus' story never excludes us. So may you all believe that salvation is through Christ alone and that he is never alone because he desires to be with you. And not just you. He desires to be with you, with St. Mary, with all the saints, now and for eternity. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Amen.